Now, I know I've said it before. I've made it a staple of uh, who I am. I've said accountability is very important in this day and age uh, for any type of healing, unity, and forward motion to go on in not only this nation, but for the world in general. I feel like we criminalize black youth so harshly, making them out to be adults. And we honestly give them uh, credit for understanding consequences and things that they can and cannot do. But we do not hold a white counterpart to that same standard. We treat uh, white youth like kids. And I'm not meaning young adults, I mean straight up 10-year-olds when it comes to crime. They never did it before, so they don't know the consequences. They don't treat it like a first offender. They don't treat it like, okay, you probably should have known that, or that that's a pretty common fact. You should, you should have understood that was wrong. No, they treat it like they had no clue and could not get a clue about that, do any sort of research. Accountability is important for healing because it says, hey, you did a crime or you did something wrong and you yourself are going to be held to that standard if you mess up or if you decide not to follow it. I know that there will still be racist people and there will still be people who uh, don't necessarily mean to mess up that well. And then there's going to be that one who's just clueless. But it is easy to understand and use your your process of elimination and, and critical thinking skills to understand who is not that, who is just plain coy and who is the real deal. We can't just say, oh, well, since we don't know, we're just going to act like we don't know. I, when I was 15, I understood the devastations of racism. I understood about bullying and messing with your mental health. I understood a lot of things. I was no older than a 15-year-old, though. I didn't have the wisdom of a 17-year-old. I didn't have the critical thinking skills of an adult. No, I was still 15. I was just uh, very uh, aware of 15-year-old in that instant. I was still very naive, I was still going through puberty, I was still uh, fantasizing about girls. It was the same thing, I was still 15, uh, just because I had uh, better skills in history and political thinking did not make me um, older, somehow didn't make me quote-unquote mature in that sense. If an adult came up to me with uh, common knowledge, I'm pretty sure he would have blow, blew me out of the, the water with his knowledge. It's just because of the fact that he has been around, he had the opportunity to, to do those things. It was not that hard to think. So I, I find it a, like really strange when a 15-year-old who, you know, uh, had access to the same thing, or even greater um, 
instruments to learn. Can't figure out that saying the N-word is racist. And when someone asked, why can't I say the N-word? This is 2021. I said it before, Google's free. You can look up atrocities. You can look up the and what actually happened with slavery, what, what came about slavery, the aftermath, Jim Crow laws, the prison system, the prison pipeline, the systemic racism. You can hear and, and, and listen to um, all these in, intelligent black uh, creators explain what happened, the degradation. You, you can hear it so many times. It's uh, it's just a quick YouTube search. Why can't I say the N-word? And you'll probably see like 100 videos popping up why you can't say it. And I'm not going to say to the quality of every single video. But if you ask someone with a decent amount of intelligence, they can just explain. And, and heck, even if they can't explain Use your, your critical thinking skills. Go, black people get offended when I say that. They don't like it when I say that. Maybe I shouldn't say it. It offends them. And not everyone is offended, but it offends them for the most part. Maybe I shouldn't say it. It's not that hard. You're not losing any rights. You're not losing food or money or sleep over not saying it. If someone said, I can no longer use the word grenapple, I'm, it's not going to change the way I live my life. It's, it's not a name of a, a food. It's not a name of a common item. That is a word, essentially, you could just eliminate from your vocabulary because you would never have a need to use it. And accountability comes when someone slips up and accidentally says it. Not saying a word that sounds like it or, you know, says something kind of close to it or, or someone said a joke and then it was like, vinegar? is like, no. I mean, falls on, says the word. Uh meaning what they were saying, but, you know, now, now they're like, oh, it was an accident, didn't mean to say it. It says that you have that in your vocabulary. Sometimes I slip up and say it too, but that's because I use it in my vocabulary, not uh, when it's work-related, you know, so I'll be at work, I'll be, you know, I might get a little too comfortable and say the word, I'll slip out, like, oh, jeez, you know, how slang can slip out when you're not paying attention. But it's okay because it is not wrong for that to be in my vocabulary. I know black people who do not like the, the N-word. I know black people who do not like to use it. Um, it is not up to our white counterparts to, to deem, well, if I can't say it, no one can say it. Who the hell are you? It, it, it's like, okay, now you can control words, you control what we say, you control the actions, we cannot fight, we cannot kneel. It's, when does our white counterparts, when do you realize that we ask you not to do something and you 
do it. You just, you don't ask any questions, you do it and you actually complete the task because there's nothing in American history that has shown a, a true form of that. If we asked you to stop enslaving our, our children, you would come back, the economy, if we asked for a healthy wage, you would say economy, and you, if you, we asked for, uh, I don't know, the, the right to bear arms or, or police reform, you, you would say, why don't you follow the laws? And But if the laws were made uh, so strictly and, you know, flimsy, that you can accidentally break it without realizing it, or that punishments are so obscene and harsh for something that is so mild. Making laws that are racially charged for our culture, for something that we are now uh, trying to reclaim and also create at the same time because we have also lost it. We ask for a time of healing and then what we get is well, why can't I be there too? Uh, imagine if you, if someone came, like, I see your little brother. You're just playing outside. You're minding your own business. They come about. I want to play with whatever toy you're playing with. You say, well, I'm playing with it right now, but I'll let you play with it later. And the kid, you know, no, I, I want to play with it now. And it takes the toy away from you. Well, okay. You could fight about it, you or you could just leave. Black people, we just leave. We let you play with the toy. Now we're going somewhere else. We're going all the way across the house. Now we're in the front yard. We're in another separate corner playing with a different toy. And a little brother comes up and says, I want to play with that too. And, you, you know, you could fight about it, you leave. But black people, we just leave. And I say that this happens, it's back and forth, happens two or three more times. And you start to realize, okay, this kid wants to play with all the toys. Let's say, now we're like, okay, we're, we're just going to play with a stick. Oh, I want to play with a stick now. I was like, okay, we'll give you a stick. Now I want to just play with my imagination. Well, give me your imagination. Because your thought and my thought has to be intertwined. It can't do anything without me, without me being included. You get how selfish that is? How selfish that literally sounds. Nothing. Nothing we can do without you being included. There is nothing that we can have that doesn't include you. It's not spite why we make uh, pro-black businesses, pro-black merchandise, pro-black anything. And we dislike pro-white anything. The reason is pro-white is not, it's basically a non-existence. It's only an answer to pro-black. It's nothing. There is not a white person. There is an Irish person. There is a British person. There is a French person. There is a person with, a, you know, with Greek uh, history. We're not saying don't celebrate those. You're saying white. Your ancestry is not white. You come to America, you're just white now. What, what is white? Is, is that just the pigment of your skin? Because an Asian person can be white. Can be as pale as you. Is that person not white? No, they're Asian because they come from 
Asia. Okay, so you see a, a dark-skinned Asian. Is, is he black now? Is he not Asian? We, and black, black people, the only reason we use that is because we can literally not claim. We would claim a country in, in the continent of Africa. We would claim a place if we knew where we came from, if we weren't um, ravaged by slavery and and beaten and raped and uh, lost our identities, basically, renamed and, and hurt in such a manner. We would not be in this situation. We would not call ourselves black uh, if it wasn't an absolute necessary just for identity's sake. Black people feel like light skins of the world. Black, uh, black Americans. Black Americans, I, I should say. We are not black enough to be in Africa, it feels. We, we're also not white enough to be in America. We have no place to go and mistreated everywhere we touch. Everyone loves and adores us and, and wants to to put us on blast and, and prop us up as tools and, and whatever. But when it comes down to what we say, we're left unheard. That's why I suddenly feel bad. I, I do, I do, I don't understand quite how a light-skinned person feels in America, but that's what I imagine it, feel, it feels like. I understand the frustration feeling that I'm, I have to basically make myself as an extremist just to get a spot. That, that's terrible. Turning to extremists just for your words to have uh, some, politi uh, some validity. Just for my words to be valid, I have to do some heinous things. I have to go extremely. I can't, and I have to completely rip ties with those roots. I could say I am an American. That is true. I come from this place. This is the only place I've ever known. Now, it's not that I would not have liked to know Africa. I would not. Uh, had like to know in Brazil or South South America, uh, Haiti. I don't. I don't. I know Africa is the, the main continent, but I don't know these places. I come from a majority white Hispanic area, so I. I'm not in touch with all my African roots. I didn't come from a place where everyone looked like me. I came from a place where people looked quite opposite of me or different from me. Ostracized and made fun of because of my my difference. 
I grew, you know, I grew up different. So to get a place in the black council is going to be different because now I'm with people that look like me who had problems like me, but had different problems because it wasn't just a, I, I want to sit and eat where the food is good and the water is clean. I want to sit with other people that look like me and can talk and have a conversation with me. And I'm not built to be scared of people that look like me. And I'm not scared of myself. We don't have the, we have to deal with so much. We don't get the opportunity to forgive and forget accountability. We have to enforce the rules of accountability. And if you can think cognitively, if you can think, you should be held accountable. Now, I'm not saying to the extremes as always. I'm not going to say burn a 15-year-old who said the N-word. I'm not saying that. I can understand being taught some things, but as long as they were given the option to learn, at that age, when it happens, to nip it in the bud to make sure it doesn't grow and develop because I cannot afford to uh, to forgive you if your mindset is still in that racist form when you're 23, 24. In those years, you could have taught it to so many other people, making them believe that it's okay. You could have gotten a platform and lied and misled. Oh, now I, I've decided to educate. Why didn't you decide to educate before? Even when I'm not doing anything, even when I'm not necessarily um, trying to to fight, I educate myself on not only my struggles, but other people's struggles. When I see it, I, I would look for it. Because I know it's not that hard to find it. Well, if I'm having these issues, I I think I recalled something about the Middle East. Let me just look up how the Middle East is doing today. Let me look up Palestine today. Let me look up. Um, let me look up uh, Africa today. Jamaica. Let me look up Haiti. Let me look up South America. Venezuela. Mexico. I I look at these things. I. I look up the crimes and what is happening and what is not told what is there but not bolstered in the mainstream I also look at our white counterparts and their new stories their uh, attackings and random murders and, and whatever then it, it's not blown up accountability is important to, for unity and moving forward. And if you don't understand that, you are an enemy. You're not. I. You're not an ally just because you donate to Black Lives Matter. You're not an ally just because you you march with us. You're you're an ally when you give it all. When you know you give as much as the person you're walking next to, and the person you're walking next to is giving it their all. When you treat that, if they lose their life, you lose your life. Now, I'm not saying extremist 
are the way to go. Because there are people that that do feel passionate, but need to realize they cannot take the helm on this fight. They have to do the best they can in a supportive role, figuring it out, using your critical thinking skills, assessing where your role should lie, asking if you can do a, a bigger part, but accepting if you can't, asking if you could do more, and if someone says yes, assessing is that more actually going to help or is that someone trying to convert you to do extremists under uh, under the name of quickness you cannot heal the world by yourself do not ever let someone uh, control your dream your vision let people influence it though I am tired of the white savior complex I am absolutely done with the having to, to differentiate friends from foes. If you're truly my friend, you know, hey, man, look, I get why he's going crazy. I'm supposed to reel him back in when if he, he, if he goes insane. But if you're attacking me and you already know what I'm going through, and you, instead of aiding me, you're trying to demonize me just because I hit you in the face during uh, an episode because everyone decided to come at me. I, I know for a fact, and you don't know me. You don't truly care. Because you know that if I start attacking people, it's just because I have been attacked. I don't just, I don't throw the first punch. It's like the school system with the with a school fight. Someone's been bullying and harassing me, but then I decide to stand up for myself, and then, oh, it's equal. I don't like centralist. I don't like uh, white saviors. I don't like uh, performative activism. I don't like the enemies. I don't like uh, pompousness. I don't, I don't like people who just bring one case and believe that they are so superior. The superiority complex as well. I also don't like coons. I don't like black people who, just because they had experience good in, in what they deem uh, proper, now that's the gold standard. The very fact that they're doing that is is racist on its own. It says, okay, for me, I made it so everyone can make it. We are not all you. We are not all that one person. I'm not a five, six, uh, no, I'm not a six, five, sorry, six, five, uh, 180, 200 pound, uh, very built jack athlete with great test scores and great looks, good hairline, good genes, both parents, nothing. I'm not that. I, I'm an average 5'9, five, 5'10, five, uh, under, underweight, 
142. Work, uh, very hard working, works out. Uh, kind of average IQ, black male. There's nothing spectacular about that, but then just because I'm average on basically everything, uh, when it comes to it, now I'm under average, even compared to my white counterparts, even if they have lower stats than me. And I have to seem above average just to meet my average white counterpart. Physically, mentally, I gotta be better than everything, and it's exhausting. Just to get my my foot through the door, I gotta be extreme. And it's another time where I gotta be the extreme best just to get my place to say something. I'm not Michael B. Jordan. I'm not Zendaya. I'm not uh, that super attractive. I'm not that uh, great features, great genetics, uh, great looks, uh, great speaking voice. I'm not that person. I do appreciate them speaking sometimes, but I don't believe that they have the same urgency. And I don't believe anyone who has gained a certain amount of riches uh, not doing the job that uh, equals, equates to uh, black activism directly would really understand. If your job is a painter and then you decide to speak on something that is true, but you would understand your livelihood is still based on the painting. Now, I'm not saying a painter can't convert. I'm not saying a pastor cannot convert to an activist. I'm not saying that, but I feel like if the stronger you become in the activist presence, until that uh, mission has fully accomplished, if you have ties to anything else, it can sway your opinion. If someone said that your livelihood can and will be taken away, you're going to think. You're going to do something that you might not be proud of because you, you understand. You, you would do something understandable, but still uh, would undermine your cause. I say this because I understand as someone who is barely gripping by when food is scarce, when water is scarce, when time is scarce, being scared to speak out even when I know it's true because I, I don't want to lose anymore. I don't think... Uh, Michael B. Jordan, Zendaya, these uh, celebrities can really understand how it is now, currently, in the, the few months, how it really has changed. Not saying that they do not feel an impact and they cannot um, sympathize, but I think that the empathy comes from past experiences, and sometimes you just need to step back and realize that right now, I'm not in it. Now, I felt it. I felt what it feels like, but I'm not currently in it. I feel like the difference between uh, previous black leaders and modern black leaders is because uh, 
previous black leaders, they were in it. 100%. Even when they were living good, they weren't living good because they could easily have had their house burned, their, their kids uh, assaulted. They they had to change things. They had to feel an experience like people weren't defending them. They were right there. They just leaded the movement. They were leaders. They weren't heads. They were leaders. They were just leading the movement. I feel like now they're just uh, present black leaders. They're just heads. They're face. They're figureheads. They, it speaks nice. It says, hey, there is a problem. There is an issue. But how much are they willing to give? Are they willing to go the extreme route? If they had tried everything in their power, would they give guns to the black community and say, arm yourself, protect yourself? How far are they willing to go? I'm not saying that they should. I'm not saying that they shouldn't. I'm just saying, how far are they willing to go? How far is your extreme uh, ideas going to go because if your own extreme ideas is just to march longer and keep the status quo or do slight changes over time, well, it's easy for you to say because you're not dealing with the issues right now. You've already known we had tried those issues, we have tried those uh, solutions, and they don't work. So we're off to the next. How aware are they? Are they? constantly commuting with the their so-called uh, subordinates, their their people, or are they just quoting, "Hey, we're we're here, we're with you." I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm not trying to diminish what they have done. I'm saying that we should think, we should have a leader that is a full-time leader. We should have people who are dealing with it as well. I say the only way to really be a, a black leader is to stay with your people until the storm has fully uh, went away. And I don't think it ever will. Now, I'm not saying you got to have a bad house with the, the black people. I'm not saying, I'm saying when you become a black leader, you have to have, you, you want to show a little bit of uh, black pride. You want to be like, I have a, a good house, a good home, but you don't want to have a manor. You don't have a mansion. Because if everyone's living in the ghettos, dang, why does this man have a mansion? No. If, if I have a mansion, if I do have a mansion, people better be living in that mansion with me. And I mean all people. If I'm living in a, in a manner, every room needs to be filled. It, it must be after I had, I've done, uh, I've given, I've given all. Uh, I, I need to be 80. After I, I've given my all and, and life is starting to become good for all people. That's the only way I should be ever living in a manner.
I say we should have good houses. We should show we can have good houses. We can have uh, a good place. We can have enough rooms. We can have five, six, seven bedrooms. That's a matter, but I'm saying for our kids, we can have that. And it, it shouldn't be so uh, unreasonable price-wise. Price, price wise, It should be like, okay, yeah, that would be pricey having a seven-bedroom house uh, with, with, that have spacious bedrooms. But they shouldn't be backbreaking. You know, like, i seen a three-bedroom. i seen a two-bedroom. That, that would, it, it's, it blows your mind. Like, the price of inflation, the, the fact that it is so difficult to... Even uh, imagine paying for that to start paying for that. You would you would spend your whole life paying for that. Your whole life. By the time you're done paying for it, someone would uh, would have it. Your kid might be able to have it, and now they can't move. They can't change. They have to sell it and hope that they they make more than what it's worth to buy a different house. You are going based on the choices of another. We don't start out at zero, we start out at negative. And some start out positive. I'm one of the lucky few in life that uh, get to start out relatively uh, zero with slight negatives. I was one of the lucky few. I don't believe it was positive. I don't believe I came out positive. Uh, I believe that I came out like negative 10. Negative 10, that doesn't seem like much. It's really close to zero, but you know, it sucks to even put someone at negative before they're even born, when they just start I'm not saying that it didn't go deeper when I got older. I'm not saying it did come out of negative when I got older. But I'm saying, the, well, the fact of it is, if it's not an absolute zero, I guarantee when any kid is born, there is an issue. And you see a child with hundred, with a thousand, with a million positive. And you see the vice versa with the uh, with a negative um just because of the color of their skin, and they blame the parents. But even if the parents run their life, you should strive to do the best to give them uh, a clean slate, a clean start, no matter what the situation, no matter what the case. Even if the child is the son of Ted Bundy, the child has nothing to do with it. The child, if it was born, deserves a chance to gain sanity, to earn funds, to make money, to make choices, to make mistakes that's not held over his head for his father or his mother. Not by just the soul of his name. He all deserve that. Now, like I said before previously, accountability is the key to this. Accountability is that very tactic that needs to be enforced. And I say, if uh, you do not enforce that, you 
or willing to let people just walk through the door. Accountability is the only way people will ever learn. We've given chances for forgiveness. We've given chances for uh, minding our own business. We've been submissive, passive, but now we have to be firm and steady. And if anyone asks, why am I so aggressive? You say, one word, research. And if they come back to you and you they ask the same question, you say nothing. Because we are not limiting the access to that knowledge. We ourselves are not eliminating why we feel like that. We have been very expressive, very uh, vocal about our issues and trials and tribulations and why we feel like this and why we need to change that. Over and over and over again, we have done everything in our power to make it known. And you're not dumb. You've made it known that you're not dumb. This, These last four years, you have known complete You have made well documented that you know what you're doing. In fact, you bathed in the fact because you believed in your own glory so much. You believed in your own lies so much, I should say. That you are God's gift, that you were God sent, and you should be praised and adored, that you forgot that you made those lies up. And it fell against you. Now you're asking for peace and unity. Now you're asking uh, to go back. Go back to how things were before Trump. uh, How things were during the Obama. How things were during the Bush. And you know what? Never go back. I'm glad that Trump came. Because it said... Everything that everyone feared, that this problem is not going to go away by ignoring. They're fully aware of what they're doing. They want you to act that way. In that other way that we were living, we were living horrible. Oh, don't talk about politics. Why? Politics is nothing. You're like, who did you vote for? This guy. Who did you vote for? This guy. that's, That's fine. The problem is morality. Politics is its not just politics, it's morality. If someone said, oh, I like sparkling water versus I like regular water, non-sparkling, non-carbonated, no one's going to, to lose their head over that. But if someone said health care, if someone said their life, their respect, their children's life, their education, their inability to eat and sleep, their ability to work, their their ability to protect themselves. Screw you if you think that's politics. If that is something that you can just, oh, okay, whatever, write off, I don't want to give people insulin. That's something that we, we can never go back to. And no one ever should. If someone says, I, I want to go back to blah, 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 blah. If they say that they want to go back to how it was, 
and just be friends again. You look them in the eyes and say, screw you. Because it's like a cheating girlfriend. And a cheating girlfriend that just, it is, it's a horrible feeling. Not only that, but a cheating, lying girlfriend that says, oh, I only did it once, so I only, I only, uh, I was at a time of weakness. I, I'm going to kill myself. I, I feel absolutely devastating. I'm not saying leave with hate. I mean, oh, no, you had your chance, this, this, because it's already implied. You can, it's just a disappointing feeling because they don't believe you have that much self-respect or self-worth. You were able to control yourself. You were able not to do something. They should have been able to. There are many people. Cheating isn't... Getting drunk still shouldn't change that fact. If, if anything, the only... Getting drunk and then cheating... It just expresses that you already wanted to cheat. Unless you got raped, unless you were uh, assaulted, if it was fully consensual, if it's it's not a time of weakness, it wasn't a spontaneous thing. If you believe yourself to be someone who would have sex with someone when they're drunk, when you are drunk, then don't drink with that people. Don't get drunk. Don't go to that party. Don't do those things. It's accountability no matter what. And it's, it's also horrible to, uh, to believe I said I was sorry and they still didn't take me back. Why would anyone accept your apology? Now, I'm not going to pursue this any further, but there's going to be no apology. You don't get a second chance. I'm not going to hate you for the rest of my life, but I will not accept you back to my life because I already know how damaging you can be. I feel like any relationship that uh, if you ever got cheated on, ever got uh, misused in, in a manner like that, I don't believe you should ever go back to that relationship. Not for the sake of saying that she, she won't do it again it, or stiffer. She could. She or he could never cheat again. But it sets a precedence for yourself to say, I'm not going to give you the option. You ruin that. Doing that move said that you did not care enough for me as I cared enough for you. Now, I'm not saying there's not going to be times of temptation. There's not going to be some sort of, especially when you look good, there's, there's always going to be someone who flirts with you. But it should never be a realistic opportunity. And if you do feel yourself slipping, then leave that person. But I was alone with this person. I, I was I was scared. I thought you were dead or something. There's always like a reason. Like unless you actually legit think I'm dead and I'm gone, then that's fine. But as someone who who's military and who's um, had those military stories, it's always um, it always hurts. 
because you understand your way. And you can understand you have thoughts in your head because we have the same thoughts. It's like, she's away. Um, this girl's looking cute. I could get with her. And it's just not going to matter because she's never going to find out. And then I, I'm thinking, they're probably thinking the opposite. It's like, oh, that person's away. They're never going to find out. It's like, if you're really thinking like this, and you're always constantly paranoid like that, then leave. Then leave. It's better to just resolve this all together. Now, if you want to get back together when you're... Uh, when you guys are finally done with it and you, you don't have to be in the seas and you, you don't have to be uh, overseas or anywhere else, then that's fine. But also make sure that you both, you truly mutually agree with it. If you have any type of uh, sort of reservation against that, or she, or he brings it up, and you're just like, I kind of don't want to, but if she wants to, I, I'm game for it. Because that, that's a different case, and that's something that you should, uh, you should definitely watch out for. I've seen that too many times. Um, I would say, if, if she's like that, then, or he's like that, just kind of end the relationship and just don't look back. Don't look back. It, you don't know who that person is going to be. Like, if, if you do come back and you're in the same hometown, just, I don't know, date somebody else for like a year or a couple months and then hear all the stories, get all the information first because, uh, you, know, you don't know. You don't know if that, that person really, truly was down for you, with you, or, you know, they got their feelings hurt with whoever they thought they, they could cheat on you with or leave you for, so it's just, it happens too many times. I know you could say it, but it always happens. Anyway, back to what I was saying, accountability, that's just it. With black people, we need accountability. For any person, you need accountability. There is no reason in modern day, in Anything that was passed, I, I'd even say the cutoff point was 2010. Cutoff point was 2010. You have access to the internet. You have access to this. Everyone has seen everything. There's no longer a point in time where any of that makes sense. We have mass amount of information, forums, boards, text messages, Facebook groups, Instagram posts, all of this, Twitter. You can get all of this information, and if you choose to ignore it and still be racist, and still make those racist comments, and and, and yes, when when it is brought up, when you say something in the past and it's brought up, and your only excuse is, hey, I've changed, I'm different now, this thing, and you, you didn't bring it up yourself, if you know knew yourself to be racist, if you knew yourself to say some racist things, Bring it up now, when you have the chance. Like, remember, this is this is it now. Talk about it, so people like, okay, I can see you genuinely have some uh, have changed. You no longer think that way. Don't sit there with your hands in your pocket and then someone expose you, because then you know what it says. Even if you did change, they say even in the unlikely situation you did change. It says, oh, 
Well, I'm different now. Are you? How different are you? Because you could believe yourself to be different, but you could just be slightly more educated. You could still be uh, misconstrued because you didn't do any research. How do I know you really know what, what's right and wrong? Just because you know that it's not good to do anymore. You know, there was a time I stopped saying certain slurs and I, I just like, okay, I, I'm, it's not cool to say that anymore. I want to get in trouble for saying it, so I'm not going to say it anymore. And, you know, I found out the history about those slurs and I just said, okay, I'm not going to use it, period. I understand why it hurts and it stings so much. I'm just not going to say it. I, ne I also never posted anything about it. I, I would bring it up. And even when I was talking to, uh, it was a homophobic story, but when I was talking to some of my gay friends, I would say, yeah, I used to say that it was, uh, you know, I, I was impressionable at the time. I don't say it anymore. I am different. I saw this. I was just like, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. Because right, I felt what it was like with my own slurs. And I always try to learn more. I, I do research now. I I can explain why these things hurt. Accountability. Not only for yourself, but for others. If you know your friends were racist, if you know they say things, then, then stop hanging out with them. If you don't want to expose them, if you don't want to try to re-educate them, um, then separate from them. Because I'm going to assume you're racist as well. You allow that, you, that that's what you talk about, so I assume that you, you laugh with them. Uh, something that I was taught in schools, if you hang out with gang members, they're going to assume you're in a gang. Well, it's time to use that logic with everything else in this world. If you hang out with known racists, you're, guess what? I'm going to assume you're racist. Oh, no, I don't do that. How do I know you don't do that? Because I know they do. I know you hang out with them. I know you never said anything about it. So I'm going to assume you did it too. All right, that's it. That's all I got to say about that. Just be accountable.